chapter 5. I just want to, um, my talk actually ties in beautifully with uh, Pastor Pete. Thanks, Pastor Pete. I want to talk about making good choices, and he talked about the heart and, and I guess, doing things that are good for the heart. And um, I guess just to set the scene in Matthew chapter 5, we, it's uh, most of us know it, but Jesus has, just before this, we, we read in chapter 3 about his baptism, about the Holy Spirit coming upon him. We read in the next chapter how he goes and has a prayer and fast, and Satan tempts him, and then he starts uh, performing a few miracles at the back end of Matthew 4. And then we read in Matthew 5 that these, there's this multitude of people and uh, up in a mountain we read and they're all set and ready to hear what the Lord had had to say. And uh, I guess they had made a good decision that day as it turned out. But uh, what they were about to hear was pretty incredible. They'd just, they'd, we've got to remember that all these people had been brought up in Israel with the Old Testament and it was very, it was very hard. It was very, do this, don't do this. If you do this, this is your punishment. And uh, obviously keeping all the laws. And, and we know no one could actually keep all the laws. And so they were brought up in a quite harsh environment. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and he opens his mouth, and we read in verse 2, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And uh, I was just thinking, there would have been a few people in the crowd that would have been pretty broken, couldn't keep up to the standards that uh, were set. And all of a sudden, just Jesus utters these words that those that are poor in spirit, that it, theirs is the kingdom of God. In verse 4 we read, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. There would have been those there that are, had been sad, had been struggling, and all of a sudden Jesus utters these words, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so... You know, you just think the the uh, how the crowd would have taken it. There would have been others in the crowd that would have been really sort of, you know, tried their best to follow the law and probably thought they were doing all right, and then they would have heard Jesus talk some of these things, and it would have jarred with them a little bit. They probably might have been a little bit happy, but a little bit not sure how to take it. But Jesus brings in this new era in the New Testament that he talks to our heart, and he, um, he talks about good principles and making good judgment calls and instead of just doing things out of habit or law or what you've been told or how you've been brought up and what uh, regulation or law or, or what your parents tell you to do, that uh, he wanted to work on the heart and for that would make good choices based on good principles and good understanding. And we read in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Incredible. That's an amazing truth, that one, that if anyone in this world has any desire for things that are right, God will fill them. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are, they, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so that day there would have been plenty sitting there and they, they would have thought, wow, I made a good decision today to sit here and to listen to these things that uh, Jesus Christ was uttering. And as he goes on through these preceding three chapters, he, um, he just talks about how to make a good decision. What are good decisions? And you can read it for yourselves. I'm not going to go through it all, but he just talks about um, persecution. He talks about being the soul of the earth. He talks about being a light and not hiding the good things that are within you. And then he starts teaching a few more things. You can go down to verse uh, 22, for example. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his, uh, with his brother without a caution in danger of judgment. He starts teaching these things that if we're upset or if we're bitter or if we're angry at a brother or sister without any cause, that so don't think We'll read a little bit further. Don't think you can go to God asking for things if you've got these things that you harbour against your brother and sister. Don't expect God to answer your prayer. 
to go and sort those things out in your heart and then come before the Lord. And so he starts teaching the people about making these good choices. In verse um, 27 we read, You have heard that it was said by them of old time that you not commit adultery. So don't have an intimate relationship with someone you know, that's, that you're not married to. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her in his heart. And so he, start, you know, he starts talking about don't go down the process, don't even start the process of thinking that way, that to, to pull yourself right back. And we read in verse 29, And if thy right offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable to thee what one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And so we, he talks about putting our thoughts in our mind in subjection. We read, I'll just quote this one in Second Corinthians 10.5, um, I'm going to paraphrase it for you, but it just talks about putting down our theories, our reasonings, every proud or our natural things that lead us and guide us away from the Lord and to, to lead and guide our thoughts into captivity. Put them in a cage, put them in a box, uh, put them behind a door in your mind and don't open that door. Don't go back and open that door to that sin, just to leave it closed and let it be. Uh, he continues on through many different things. Maybe we'll pick it up again in verse 38. You know, talking about the law, you heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, if you do this to me, I can do the same. For I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to the, and the other also. And that's so not a natural reaction. You know, for all of us that play sport, and if you're on the footy field, if you're on the soccer field, or you're on the basketball court or whatever, if someone gives you, if someone's a little rough with you, you know, does something a little bit, uh, bends the rules a little bit, in your mind, you, you start calculating how you're going to get them back, and it's never a just weight. You feel like you, you'll just give them a little bit harder just to let them know that's a back off. And, and so God, God doesn't want to leave the judgment in our court to, to, to you know, make that call because we, we won't make the right decision. And so God just flips it on its head and says, well, if someone does something to you, just give them the other cheek, which is, again, not a natural reaction. So God, Jesus started just teaching the people how to make these good choices based on good principles um, hold your finger there, or we'll come back to it in a minute. Go to Luke 8, if we could. just want to look at a little story about Jesus here and uh, making good decisions. So in Luke 8, verse 43, um, this is in between a, a situation where Jesus is off to see Jairus' daughter. I don't really want to get into that bit, but there's this little scene that happens in between Jesus moving through with his disciples when he's going off to this place. And we read about this woman in verse 43 who had this condition, this blood condition for 12 years, whatever that it was, and that she'd been to doctors, she'd been to specialists, she'd spent all her money trying to be fixed, and she wasn't. And uh, she comes behind Jesus, we read in verse 44, and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her blood was stanched. So whatever that is, you know, her blood condition was healed, her leukemia was healed, her whatever condition that she had, she was healed in that moment. But we read of this. Uh, we read of uh, what the disciples made of it, and Jesus said unto him, uh, "said, Who touched me?" She's come up behind Jesus. When all denied, Peter and they that were with him, so the disciples, said, "Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me?" And so they made a really bad choice here because they just were very natural and logical. You know, I guess logical in their thinking. They sort of turning to Jesus and go, "Well, there's a bunch of people here. There's so many. It's sort of." You know, maybe a crowd this size, you know, who, how are we going to know who touched you? And that can be our thought sometimes where we're just very natural in our reaction. And, uh, I was just, uh, my little daughter who's only not even five the other day, we were, um, just getting ready, uh, getting her ready for a bath. 
she turns to me and she's holding her thumb and she goes, she goes, Dad, God doesn't listen to me. And I said, oh, what do you mean? She's like, I woke up last night, my thumb was hurting and it's still hurting now. And uh, it, was a, it was amazing, just a little thought process. And we had to sit there and just explain that God actually does hear everything and he knows what we need. And you start talking about the prayer of faith and how we're diligent to the Lord. But sometimes we can be very natural. And we can have those very thoughts ourselves. Oh, God didn't heal me over something. Or, we, you know, we don't have it. We have a very natural thinking about things. And so the, the story could have actually ended there where this lady got touched, healed. No one quite knew what had happened. Jesus obviously did. And, and no one would have known about the testimony and that would have been that. And, um, and no one would have known about this, I guess, life-changing event. Um, but the amazing thing is when we make a good choice, especially when we make a big good choice, it, it, in fact, it's, it's like making a stand. When, we make, when our decision is over something quite large, we're, we're making a stand for the Lord. And whenever that happens in our walk in the Lord, we make that big decision, we'll always remember it. You'll remember where you are. You'll remember the scriptures that reply to it. You'll remember the... The, the guidance that you got from it or whatever it was, in good and bad. We'll remember the bad ones also. Um, and this could have been bad, but it was good. We read, um, actually, I'll just yeah, give one example, actually. Now no, I remember. Um, told me about making a bad decision. Uh, I had a family member that was in the Lord for a few years, and uh, I remember he was struggling to make a choice, uh, make a, I guess, make a good decision or a stand with his friends. And I remember the place we'd gone to a meeting one night, drove him home, and we're out the front of his place, he's in the car, it's dark, and we're just chatting, and he just turned to me, he said, I, I don't know if I can, make, I can make a stand against my friends, that were his exact words. And so we went through scriptures like Second Corinthians 6, about not being unequally yoked with unbelievers, and that believers and unbelievers don't go together, it's like light and dark, they don't, they don't mix, there's a separation between the two. And he made a bad decision, he decided that he, he wasn't going to make a stand against his friends. So whether we make a good or bad decision, a good stand or bad stand, we're always going to remember it, and I remember that exact situation. But praise the Lord, Jesus in this story, in verse 46, challenges his disciples with a bit of faith. And Jesus said unto them, Someone hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And we pick it up in verse 47. When the woman saw the, that she was not here, she came trembling before Jesus, falling down before him, and, and, and explain that she, you know, she touched him and she was immediately healed. And all of, and this amazing situation becomes a life-changing event where there's this big testimony that the disciples and all those that are around, and Jesus requires thought to be of good comfort, but faith that may be whole, go in peace. So Jesus talks faith and Jesus, and we end up with this amazing uh, result. If we go back to Matthew, so we can make a bad decision and uh, we can remember it, we can make a good decision. And maybe, Maybe we'll go to chapter 6, actually. Um, again, Jesus just is teaching the people these amazing things that they never would have heard before and, uh, and just giving the principle behind the things, maybe some of the things they have learnt. We're in verse 14. For if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Incredible scripture that God will give us, because we, we're forgiven of God, we need to forgive others around us. We'll come back to that one. Um, but in a little bit further down, maybe we read in verse 19, lay not your treasure up upon earth. Um, so we want to we do spiritual things, because in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so we put our time, and we heard it today in the talk, into the word of God and the spirit, because those two combine 
putting our time and effort into that, uh, our treasures build up and we want our heart to be with the Lord. That's just how, you know, how it is. We heard a great testimony from our sister Renee from Christchurch uh, this morning also about making those decisions with the Bible sitting on the, on the, on the couch. I'm sure we can all relate to that at some point of our walk in the Lord, but we know we should be opening it up, but we sort of have our little excuse of why we're not going to go to it. Um, because we read in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. It just can't be done. For you either will hate the one and love the other. It seems so harsh. It seems so, how can that be? But Jesus is saying that it's 100% with him or it's nothing. He, he doesn't sort of take 90 or 80 or 70 or 60 or 95 or 99. It's 100%. And so we can't do both. We can't to please the people of this world and, and its systems and, and its thinking and, and its, its morality and, and everything that goes in with it. It's one or the other. We, it's either God or this world. Uh, or else you'll hold to the one and despise the other. You'll pull to one or the other. It's just, it's just the way it works. It's just a law, it's a spiritual law that's in place. And, uh, and amazingly, you know, God knows the desires of our hearts that we can, we can, you know, even if we're in a time of a little bit of trouble, that God knows what we desire. And I guess her sister brought it up in her testimony that her desire, she, I guess deep down wanted to serve the Lord. I can relate to that. I grew up in this fellowship without going into all the details, but I had a bit of trouble in my teens and, um, but God knew the desire of my heart. And um, talking about making good decisions, I remember there was a time I used to swear quite a lot when I was young. Um, I can't actually remember a time not doing it. I was just talking to someone today, which is a bit scary. But um, it's funny how you're so young, but you know exactly what you're doing. Because obviously I never did it in front of my parents, otherwise that would have been the end of it. And um, and obviously not in the church and those sorts of things. And you know, it would have been five or six or whatever age I was. And right through I can remember... But I remember, you know, in my early teens after I'd received the Holy Spirit and I still struggled for a couple of years after that, that I knew it had to go and I couldn't get rid of it myself. I was addicted to it. And I remember just praying. I remember this whole term, praying, I'd get off the bus at the stop. Between the stop and my home, I'd just pray the whole way and just asking the Lord just to to take it away. And then one day it just went. Uh, I can't remember, it was a couple of months or whatever it was. And one day it just disappeared. And about a week and a half after that, I remember um, I was just at school with the lads and um, something within me just said, I can't remember how the situation came up, but I just said, you know, I didn't swear anymore. And of course, copped it left, right and centre because they all knew that I did. But I ended up having this one guy, his name was Charlton Cheeseman, actually he had like a 1930s name, but um, he, um, he stood up for me. He's like, oh no, he doesn't. And I don't know how he came to that conclusion over that week that he, I don't know, the Lord must have just helped him, but... What, what it, that changed it for me, but I was just thinking that when we make a stand, when we make a good decision, God will always back us up. And then when, when we see someone make a good decision, if we come in and we support that, that really just excels and pushes things along. And that, that was a, a little example for myself where that really helped me go along, where I, you know, started to realize and change my heart changed so I could serve the Lord and Him only. Um, we just keep reading. Um, we go through. The next few chapters just talk about how, you know, God is going to provide everything, verse 25 to 29, that we don't have to strive to provide things. And he says in verse, uh, I don't know, 28, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil night, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And we know Solomon had everything. Solomon was like the Elon Musk of today. You know, he's got everything and he's the richest person in the world and whatever he wants he can have. But that doesn't compare to what God has uh, created and that God will look after us. And we read that through that right to verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto me, uh, unto you. And so we know that we, we, got, we give to God what is God's 
and a hundred percent to God and God first. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go to First Peter, if we could, chapter five. I'll just finish on this. So, just to tie in one last little bit, maybe just about forgiveness, because it's a come up in the first talk, and it's it's a um, it's an important part of our walk in the Lord because we need to forgive one another because. Um, that's the way God forgives us. It allows it all to happen. So just touching on this, we'll just pick it up in verse 5. We read, Likewise, you younger, so you younger people, submit yourselves unto the elder. So we're to fall into line. That's how God's put it. And then he says, And all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so good choices come with a good, to- good dose of humility all the time. And so we want to be humble before the Lord, because God resists all the natural thoughts and all the natural logical way of thinking and he wants us to come to him, to give it over to him in humility. Um, we'll just quote, I'll just quote this is out of Psalms. It says, Blessed is the man that maketh his Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor, nor such as turns aside to lies. Or, you know, um, so God re- respects humility. In verse 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for for you. So Jesus knows what we're going through. Jesus died for us. We, in Philippians, it talks about Jesus. You know, I was just sorry, side digressing. I was just thinking, Jesus was amazingly humble. Jesus came to this earth knowing he was going to die. Now we all know we're going to die at some point. That's obvious. But Jesus knew when he was going to die and how he was going to die. And I was just thinking, like, if tomorrow we knew that if we we're going to leave camp at about ten o'clock, and we knew that we we're going to come out of the gates and some land cruiser was going to come through and take us out, and that was going to be the end, chances are you wouldn't leave tomorrow because you'd know you're going to die. But Jesus knew he was going to die, yet he went through the whole thing with that in his mind and knowing what was, you know, knowing the prize that was going to be before him. But it was an incredible humility. Um, and so Jesus wants us to cast everything we've got because he knows what we go through. Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, the devil is not dumb. He's, he's obviously dumb because he's gone against God, but he's not dumb in the sense that he understands what gets us. And so when we, when we become unsettled, when we decide that we're too bitter or too angry to forgive our brother or sister, guess what? The devil comes in, a little snake, and just starts ruffling the feathers and making you feel uncomfortable and going, you know, putting your foot down and just getting a little bit upset about it and just, and not letting go, and and and, Jesus, and God and our, our direction here is just to be sober and vigilant that we don't that we cast our care that we've got a fear, those sort of feelings that we just go before the Lord that we go and just cast it all. This is how I feel, Lord. I know this is not the right way. I want to forgive and I want to let it go and I want to get on with my walk in the Lord. Last verse, verse ten. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, and we all suffer, we all go. St- through things, whether it's justly or unjustly, it makes no difference. We all go through um, tribulation and we all go through different things and we need to learn to make good choices that after we suffer, here's the, here's, here's the promise, that we're made perfect, that we're established, that we're strengthened. Does it sound a little bit like this camp? That we get established, we strengthen. And the most amazing part of the victory and the healing is he settles you. That all those feelings you have that you feel... Uncomfortable, un, you know, in, you know, sort of injustice, you know, injustice against you, or, or whatever it is, that all that dissipates, and and the love of God just is shed abroad in our heart, and we can let all those good things, uh, let all those bad things go, 
and, and we make good decisions on good decisions on good decisions and we make stands and God blesses us for it. And I'll leave it there. What people said.